This realm is your realm. This realm is my realm. From dragons then to the elven kingdom. From the moot of many to the giant snail city. This realm was made by you and me. Hello and welcome to This Realm is Your Realm. It's a podcast where together we build a fantasy world one episode at a time for everyone to play D&D and write stories about or murmur a whispered prayer to on these long and lonely nights. With me today is Benjamin, currently completing the sixth of his 12 God-given tasks by co-hosting this podcast. And joining me is Adrian, who I didn't think of a title for because I was too busy thinking of one for Corianne. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. And... As Benjamin just revealed, Corianne is back for the second Pantheon Gods episode, and that's Corianne, the fun stepmom of Jormungandr, the world serpent. Oh. Also known as Corianne, a goddess who beat a horse in a foot race and then cursed the men of Ulster with pregnancy pains. <laughs> I love both of these. I accept it. I also accept tribute. Let's go. <laughs> Corianne, if you were a goddess, uh, what would your tribute be? What would you want to be offered? Um, probably just chocolate. Oh, fair enough. I'll be honest. Let's just go nice and easy. Just lots of chocolate. Lots of boxes of chocolate. Yeah. We love it. Today's quest is to focus on our old gods. Last Gods and Goddesses episode, we came up with the idea of old gods and new gods. Uh, new gods being weird and arcane and coming after the starfall. And old gods being the old traditional gods of the peoples of not Starstrom, but Cosmot. The peoples of Cosmot have been worshipping. We decided there was 13 of these old gods. We came up with two last episode. Oh, God. <laughs> We've got a, lot of work. We got a lot of work to do today. Good work was done. I'd like to get an idea of what the remaining 11 gods cover in their sort of portfolio, as you might call it. I would like names for them. And I would like appearances or common common appearances or symbols this seems like a tall order adrian yeah i, I would like a lot of things but like <laughs> slow down <laughs> that's what we're striving for i think it's if you don't get there that's okay but that is where like once we've covered that for a god i think we move on and joining me is adrian god of rampant ambition <laughs> that sounds like a good god actually yeah could be one of our could be one of our old we're already we're already getting into it actually there we're we gonna go. go in homer hubris didn't really end well for a lot of people so just <laughs> <No>. caution there <laughs> fatal flaw never heard of it <laughs> but first we're gonna do another dragon zen segment i am the entrepreneur again and benjamin and corianne will be the dragons today mm-hmm. hello dragons hello hello Today, the name I'm going to present to you is based off of the one that we decided on last week. Sort of my theme in Dragon's Den is ripping off what's come before and just ideating, ideating, ideating on it and elaborating on it. And so today's name is Causeway. Causeway. Do you want to spell that for me, please? Just like the word I'm thinking, C-A-U-S-E-W-A-Y, Causeway. Do you want to um, talk us through what the uh, the thought process was behind that? Sure. Please. So the last episode, we decided on Cosmot. We sort of talked a little bit about the spelling. We threw around sort of the C-O-S beginning as, as in Cosmos. But we also maybe talked about an M-A. U-G-H-T ending to make it a bit more elaborate and less like Mott's um, applesauce. 
Yeah. So that was the the spelling that I ended up putting on the doc today was C-O-S-M-A-U-G-H-T. But I was still stuck on the idea of the prefix cause, as in C-A-U-S-E. So I thought of a word that has cause and way in it. So a causeway is a, it's a like a bridge of sorts, or it's it's something that you use to cross over like something. And I thought that's kind of an interesting idea. And it, to me, it summons up maybe a kind of creation myth for the world. Maybe there is a myth that involves this world being a causeway from one world to another. And I like the way it sounds. I think it sounds cool. That's those. So that's basically my thesis here. Hmm. Okay. I'm looking at your faces and I'm not seeing a whole lot of interest. I'm loving all the thought process behind it. Like, I, I love I love where you're coming from. But. It sounds like cosplay. It sounds like cosplay. Mm. Also, it just reminds me of like a freeway. And I, I like that's kind of what it is, right? Like, it's yeah, kind sort of a of. road. But it's like a sort of, I would say it's a more fancy kind of arc. You know, Giants Causeway. And I think that's in Ireland. Right. This yeah. really cool ancient thing. I was maybe evoking that. I think I'm out on Causeway. It just seems a little too mundane. Okay. That's fair. I want you to workshop it and bring it back to us. I would like that too, actually. Because I like all the ideas behind it. Yeah, I agree with Corianne. All right. There was a lot of thought put into it that I enjoy. I just, I'm not sold on the name. That's fair. That's very fair. Yeah, I, I think I, there's better work I can do with maybe the cause prefix. And I think it makes sense that maybe we go like one episode without changing the name. So sticking with Cosmot for now. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. Should we jump right into our quest today and start the timer and see what we can do with these 13 old gods? Let's jump into it. Spirits are high today, clearly. The spirits. <laughs> the energy is palpable. All right. The timer has started. All right. The deck is off. Uh, what we have so far. We have the goddess of tying and untying, who we decided is a bearded woman with eight eyes. So we'll have to come up with a name for her. And then we have the god of peace and prosperity, who so far is a long-armed elf with a still lake robe. Yeah, trying to sum that up in one sentence. I was like, woo. <laughs> Uh-oh. I still like it. It's just not not as high concept as bearded woman with eight eyes is a bit more like, boom, there it is. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, I was thinking about, uh, well, listening to the episode the other day, t- me talking about sloth armed gods. I was like, is that a good idea, Ben? Mm, I don't know about that. Do we want to edit the long arms? Hindsight is always twenty twenty. Yeah, I think the long arm thing was throwing me off. I mean, I feel like... We sort of, we started somewhere a little strange with sloths. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it kind of got to somewhere where it was, it started to make a little bit more sense in a variety of ways. So yeah. So totally nix it, but we, we could remove any and all sloth <laughs> connections, maybe. Elf got a piece in prosperity. What if they are just very tall and that's why they have mm-hmm. long arms? They don't have long arms relative to the rest of their body. Oh, they're like Slender Man. Yeah. Yeah. Height could mean they like see above all conflict. Yeah. Ah. No, I like it. So, yeah, they're tall, very tall and slender, thus having long, slender arms and legs. And legs. <laughs> legs for days we didn't decide i don't think if this elf is a god or a goddess or or, i mean i don't know there's gender neutral term they could also be they could also be a a non-binary god deity of peace and prosperity sure should we try to give them names right now or should we should we like do names at the end what i'm kind of thinking is uh let's go through the list of 13 and let's decide what each of these gods are before we do names all right well in that case i think we could start rolling corian would you like to do the honors and do the first roll sure 
10. Goddess of Choices. From Recycled Eternity. Thank you for sending that in, Recycled Eternity. Yes. Do you guys like this? Goddess of Choices. I'm thinking that's different. Yeah. Goddess of Tying and Untying. Goddess of Choices. Those are different concepts. I feel like Goddess of Tying and Untying is like making those choices for you, whereas the Goddess of Choices is almost like the counteraction to that. Right. So it's like kind of... They're untying things. They're antagonists with one another, perhaps. Yeah. I like the idea of their rivals or antagonists because we sort of thought our tying and untying goddess is sort of a goddess of order, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And so this might be more of a goddess of chaos. Yeah, I think in in the same sort of philosophy that we used last time where we expand on what these narrow portfolios might actually apply to, choices might mean freedom, and which mm-hmm. could also apply to kind of travel. There's often sort of travel gods that are associated with freedom. Yeah. So I could definitely see this goddess being like that. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? So freedom, what else can we say is associated with choices? I mean, my first thought was like, you know, the choiciest of meats or like cheeses or like oh. foods and stuff like that. So that could be some kind of like luxury element that they're like choosing. Ooh, that's, that's very cool. Freedom, that's cool. luxury. Just like a Bacchanalia goddess, sort of. I'm trying to think of any other choices that like, because I'm thinking of like Janus, like God of uh, Roman God of doors, right? Mm. Like a deity that dealt with choices in a lot of ways. And like you choose the one door, you choose this door and you have two faces, right? Definitely the idea of different sides of a person, different paths to go down. Yeah. Duality there. So like freedom, luxury, pathways. What does this goddess look like? Kind of like the idea of a wanderer of some kind. Yeah. Like, make con- like constant choices. Like there's no choice to settle. It's always you're making a next choice. Very Odin-like figure. Yeah. Oh, that'd be cool. In like a in like a gray robe and a gray floppy hat, sort of. Yeah, and like shows up and, you know, if they meet a traveler on their own, they like give them a couple of choices. And if they choose right, they get, you know, Ooh. something good. And if they choose wrong, well. <laughs> oh, that's like, a cool legend. R- riddle me this sort of deal. <laughs> yeah. So they're kind of shabby, a shabby traveler type thing. Yeah, which seems strange then with what I said earlier about luxury, but hey. I mean, I mean, they could they could appear in different forms, right? Like yeah. they're all about choosing depending yeah. on the day. Perhaps this is like a two-sided sort of goddess. So what are the consistent elements then? If this goddess sometimes appears as a shabby traveler and maybe sometimes as a, a luxurious sort of um, like almost kind of socialite figure what what are the what's the consistency where you oh you still know it's this goddess i'm wondering almost if you like if you see them on on like a path if they're approaching you they appear as this shabby wanderer but if after you pass them you look back they appear as like fancy (laughs) that's a cool idea are we thinking maybe they have like multicolored hair is that weird that's what i was trying to think of like what kind of physical attribute could show like choice yeah. Like it could be all mismatched stuff, right? Like maybe she's wearing two different socks and two different shoes. I like the idea of kind of this patchworky element for sure. And you can have that in luxury or in kind of shabbiness. Yeah. If for the luxury side, it maybe it looks like she couldn't make a choice. Maybe she just put on everything in her wardrobe. She's wearing too much jewelry. <laughs> she's like Joey in that scene from Friends where he puts on all yeah. his clothes. Can it just be Matt LeBlanc? <laughs> yeah, I kind of like the idea of this mischievous uh, figure in that way, like Joey. Maybe maybe not. Um... Like she's going to eat a whole turkey? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, you know how Matt LeBlanc is really great, like in later... He was in that show, that British show, and he's very gray in it. And I was like, what if this goddess has like a young face and like really gray hair or something? I don't really know how that fits. I kind of like that, though, because, I mean, gods and goddesses don't age normally. So there's kind of a choice happening there. That's true. Yeah. 
Okay, I like that. Yeah, that's a distinctive enough element. I think that they have they have a youthful face, but white or gray hair. Gray. Sure. I like the Odinish yeah. Odinish figure that we've got going. And cool. He's he's gray. I like that. I was gonna say alternatively, it could be like in Shit's Creek. Like I'm pretty sure Moira at one point in Shit's Creek wears like a half white, half black wig. I definitely like the Moira influence on this goddess as well. <laughs> she sometimes looks like she's wearing her entire wardrobe. Like <laughs> maybe okay. So her her shabby side is Matt LeBlanc, and her fancy side is uh, Catherine O'Hara. <laughs> Take that as inspiration. I don't know if we say that they look exactly like them, but no, they look exactly like them. I think we can put a pin in that until we circle back for names. Let's. I'll roll now. One that was from Johnny B Hood on Reddit. They said the war god could be a massive orc with a scorpion tail. Ooh, it sure could. Um, <laughs> Is it bad that I'm picturing a really badly CGI rock? Like that, I was like, thinking of that oh, as well. Was the like, Scorpion King. I was like, this is a very like sort of early two thousands character in general, <laughs> which I like. Um, I yes. like how pulpy it is as an idea. Um, I, I, mm-hmm. I I was thinking about war gods, and maybe I'll just without even rolling, we can pull in another one here, which is I really liked Owen Spalding's idea that they sent in, which is a spirit of passion. They are the patron of love, desire, compassion, and dogged pursuit. Grantor of rage, rebellion, and revenge. So the idea of passion and, you know, all of our old gods, it seems like, are about this duality. So the idea that the god of passion could include both the passion of love and the passion of, like, hate, basically, and strife. Oh, like Ares and Aphrodite combined. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. So then, do you think that still makes sense to be an orc with a scorpion tail? Well, like... What if the scorpion tail isn't a physical attribute, but rather part of the weapon? Oh. Like the poison or, you know, of some kind, like some sort of, maybe, not that we're getting into legends, but maybe there was a legend about, like, defeating a scorpion, kind of like Apollo defeating the snake. Mm. And then he gets the the tail as, like, the talisman from that battle, and it's now, That's cool. you know. So, okay, so it's not attached to him. A thought. <laughs> no, that's good. No, I mean, Johnny B. Hood said, with a scorpion tail, so Corianne is... <laughs> Choosing to interpret that as on his person, on hand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> could, and like you could have the scorpion tail be a weapon of love as well, right? Like, like a, it stings like an the Eros's sting. arrow. I really oh, like yes. that because people always. I mean, Shakespeare talks about the sting of love. I feel like. So. Yeah, yeah. The sting of love, the sting of hate. It works both ways, and I like an orc love god too. I I, I don't mind it either because I feel like the things we associate with orcs, like. I don't know. I do feel like love can be very kind of raw and passionate and can mm-hmm. seem kind of unbridled in the same way that, but this is definitely passionate love, right? There could be another god or goddess that is the kind of familial love or like the love. Nurturing. Nurturing, yeah, and being mm-hmm. the intimacy. <laughs> we haven't even talked about orcs. So this might, this might inform what we, the decisions we make about orcs. They may be yeah. very passionate in, in every way. And that, they could be, be artists. Yeah, maybe they're passionate lovers as well. I love that. I like yeah. Corey like does not. <laughs> I just I had so many nightmares from Lord of the Rings growing up. Just, this is just getting worse. I mean like D D orcs. Have you seen the Warcraft made... movie, Corey? No, I watched the oh trailers. Oh my god. No. <laughs> it's a bad movie, but I will say the orcs in that movie are like they're not unattractive. 
Well, that's what I take issue with. They're all kind of gross looking, except for like the lady orc who's like weirdly beautiful. I and was thinking the guy of the orc main guy. Like, kind of, yeah. And he's just he's just got a little bit of that like traditional masculine going on, but the rest of them. That's true. They, still, like, they definitely pick the ones they were like, we want them to have a little sex appeal. <laughs> And that's wrong. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Well, this we, orc fucks. <laughs> we can have 100% sexy orcs if we want. God, I would love a sexy orc with a scorpion tail. So definitely, this, at the very least, this god is a sexy orc with a scorpion tail. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Sort of, he, at the very least. Sort of a romance novel cover orc. Yeah, romance. Oh, my God. Oh, and I love the idea that he just is carrying the scorpion tail around as sort of a weapon. Oh, I love that idea. Just a sexy orc with a giant, a giant scorpion tail. All right. So it seems like we've got a good idea of this, God. Do we want to put a pin in that? (laughs) Yes, please. Let's do that. (laughs) Okay. I got a nine. Zerda Daha, god of lightning, storms, and rain. That's from Novastar556. Thank you, Novastar. Yeah, they gave us kind of the whole package there in some ways. I like the name, too. Yeah, Zerda Daha. It's very grand. It's very powerful. Is Which there, makes sense. <laughs> yeah, is there, are there other elements to this god's portfolio that we can think of in terms of our the idea of... of looking at all the elements of so what else could be included in lightning storms and rain what about music <gasps> like with like the like the the drumming and the like the the rhythmic <sighs> kind of stuff that's cool like you know rain storms i say this often i i don't say it often enough frankly but corianne is so brilliant <laughs> in so many different ways i love that so no much. i love that too and maybe even extending that to like kind of drama as well even like theater the idea of like there's kind of like the, the lightning strike of inspiration, but also the sort of drama of a storm. I don't know. A dramatic storm god might be a little out there for people. That was a Zeus roast. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Zinger. Zing. Okay. Yeah. Lightning storms, rain, music, and drama. It's just like a god of the arts. Not necessarily visual arts. No, no, maybe not. Yeah. Right, like performing arts. Because this is someone who wants to be heard. Yeah. God of performance. I love that. What does he what does he look like? Yeah. Like kind of punk rock. Ooh, I like that. What kind of creature is he? Yeah. I think I could I kind of see I was actually actually I forgot. I was gonna maybe suggest that our goddess of choices could be a halfling. Sure. So maybe we edit that in. I don't know. I think it fits with that halflings would worship her a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm wondering about dwarf for this one. Ooh, that'd be cool. Okay. Also tells us something about dwarves, if they're very into music and drama, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, I don't know if our dwarves are miners, as they tend to be. Yeah. But... What else are you supposed to do down in the mines? Clanging, making songs. Clanging. It's kind of musical down in a mine, too. Well, this may also tell us that our dwarves are sailors. I don't know. We'll have to decide that when we get to the dwarves episode. But, But yeah, I like the idea of a dwarf... With probably quite wild hair and beard. Yeah. <laughs> that static electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carrying drumsticks around. Ooh, and a big drum. Yeah. And like wearing like studded leather. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with yes. the sleeves torn off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea they have a drum like they tied to them, sort of. And like that would be kind of the start of the storm is that they would start drumming. Yeah. And then the thunder would start rolling, right? Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Gosh, that's so good. All right, let's put a pin in that. See, we're doing great. We're doing great. Three. Nurgle, god of the unclean. 
Nurgle thrives on the rot and decay of all things as he and his followers seeing it being the common denominator of everything. That's from CDG Kemboy. Thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, I included this one sort of maybe to fill out. I do like it, but I'm not sure. Do you, do we think this is an old god or a new god? Hmm. I think it could be either. It could be sort of the the standout of the old gods as kind of like the maybe the outcast. I feel like the idea of like rot and decay kind of ties in with death and there's going to have to be some sort you of... You were so right. ...death deity, but I, I don't know about the unclean part. That's the only, I guess, god of the unclean as more of a title versus a descriptor. Yeah, I think that we could see that as a title and this is... I like the idea of, yeah, de- rot and decay and death. I, I kind of... I like the name Nurgle too. <laughs> <laughs> rot and decay and death. Is there any other... Is there any other nuance that we can give to that too? Yeah, I mean, decay is can be seen as a part of renewal. I don't know if we want to include that. But I like the idea of this being a god that's worshipped by the, sorry, mis- the misfortunate of the world who who need help and relate to the idea of sort of being down and out. Because the idea is that the, the old gods are supposed to sort of represent everybody, kind of. And I can see there being, you know, sort of people who who... You know, they can't necessarily participate in like maybe the luxury. Maybe they don't have a lot of choices in their life, so they don't. But then, but they're like, oh, you know, the the god for us is like Nurgle. So maybe they yeah. look down on Nurgle is looked down. They feel like Nurgle is looked down on by the other gods in the same way that they are, have been looked down on. He's the everyman god. Ooh, I like that. He's like Hermes. Like everyone kind of flocks to him if they've got no one else. That's Hermes, right? Okay, yeah. And then, like, as far as, you know, if he thrives on the rotten decay of all things, let's go dark for a second. All humanity is rotting and decaying slowly as we all go towards our ultimate doom. So, like, he probably really enjoys hanging out in pubs and, like, yeah, you know, getting into trouble with those that are just dying around him. And he's just really in the grime of it. Yeah. Is there just, an element of time to this, to Nurgle? Maybe. I don't know. I was just going to say, like, the god of human nature, the god of humanity in general. Like, but like the the kind of like really gritty like primal. Yeah. Huh. We yeah. Time is cer- well. Time is obviously uh, an element of rot and decay. Yeah. I think that time. I think that time could definitely be. Yeah. I guess I'm. I'm trying to think of like. Yeah. When do when do people pray to Nurgle? Other than people who are. Yeah. Definitely people who are sort of you know down and out. We said or people who feel like they don't have anyone else. But yeah, maybe like, like, what about other people? Like, when would they pray to Nurgle? Is it when you're doing something that you feel like is making you unclean? Yeah, it could be like, um, if you've done something wrong, like if you feel like you've done something wrong, like even like a minor error, like maybe he's the god whose name you invoke, like you're like, oh, Nurgle or something like that. Just like, yeah, like a god that you, you like pray to or you invoke with mistakes of all sizes. No, I like that. Especially because, yeah. especially the idea that Nurgle... <laughs> well, well, sort of look after you. I don't see them Nurgles being judgmental, right? No, <laughs> they're not standing on high when you've made a mistake and judging you for it. I like the idea of an, like an approachable death god too, mm-hmm. and the the accessibility because, like, if he's the god of death and de- or rotten decay, then most of the things you're um, sacrificing to him are probably going to be like what's left over, like the rotted meat that you didn't get the chance to eat or mm-hmm. the wheat that didn't grow or whatever else. So like he's really accessible in that way because that's what he accepts as tribute. No, I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah and give what you got. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think he also represents that when you die, you become part of everything, right? That your body 
we haven't talked about afterlives at all, but at least definitely your body is going back into the earth and is feeding, you know, the bugs and the worms and the soil, et cetera. So I think Nurgle is a part of that too. Mm-hmm. I li- yeah. Well, like I said, I like the idea of an accessible death God, but I also like just enjoy the idea of this like very personable, very like every man sort of God that also is extremely powerful in his own way, right? Like everything ties back into him and everything goes to him in the end when they rot. So yeah. What does Nurgle look like? Again, I'm picturing him being this like grimy dude in a pub. So like, I don't want him to necessarily have like rotting skin that stresses me out. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. But like, I I think he should be barefoot. Oh, yeah. Feet in the mud kind of thing. Yeah. Is there like, does he have like a big beard full of like rotten food or something like that? Like... Just stuff that he's been eating. I'm picturing him with really bad dental hygiene. Bad Maybe he's teeth. toothless. Ooh. Oh. Things must rot and decay and turn into. Oh, his teeth nothing. have rotted. Yeah, gross. Yeah. But in order to like consume it, it's just like rotted. So no teeth. Is he just looking like an old man, sort of? I think it's hard to tell how old he is. It's timeless. There's a timelessness to him, as as with maybe many of these gods. Um. So barefoot, no teeth. <laughs> No, I like He's that. just a baby. <laughs> bald. Yeah, I was thinking bald or balding. I don't know. <laughs> he, he's a giant baby. Is there a sort of a fungal element to him? I mean, some of his clothes can be made out of like moss, which grows on that which is decaying. Yeah, yeah. I like that. I like this old, bald, moss man with no teeth who wanders into a bar barefoot and has a drink with his people. I like that he... Is represented by earthworms, too. Like, that's maybe a symbol or an animal that's associated with him. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because an earthworm the, isn't unfriendly. Like, people don't no. hate earthworms. Yeah. Earthworms are unappreciated. They do important work, and no one... People think they're gross. Mm-hmm. And going back to the fertility thing that was mentioned a bit ago, <laughs> um, I mean, that which is rotting and decaying is fertilizer. Yeah. I think maybe that's that. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going for. (laughs) So I'm not sure we want to stretch it to like him being like, you know, then this renewal of life God, but like he contributes to and maybe maybe there's like a second God that they're they work together in a way. Yeah, I was thinking about that. Yeah, the two sides of sort of fertility. Should we? I think we can put a pin in Nurgle. Yeah, I think that's he's got a lot going on for him. It's a six evil genius. Again, thank you, Evil Genius, said, you can't have a full pantheon of gods without a trickster. You really can't. So true. What, what, other, like, what other domains do we feel like are missing here that could maybe be covered also by this trickster deity? Well, I'm trying to think of other trickster deities, because you got, like, Loki, right, yeah. as your, like, very classic trickster deity. You got, like, Coyote. Um, yeah. Wasaka Jack. Prometheus. Prometheus. Oh, yeah, Prometheus. Which he's interesting because it's a trickster in that he's tricking the gods and he's on the human side. Mm. So there's that. Oh, like an Anansi. This is what I'm thinking of too. Anansi. I feel like there's very few female trickster gods that might also go in with our goddess of choices again. That's why I want to come up with another element to this trickster god or goddess that will differentiate her from the goddess of choices. I was going to say, like, what if we went with like a like a child? Trickster, like a, a you know a, a deity that looks like a, a, comes into the appearance of a child as much as a trickster, but is constantly tricking adults. You know what I mean? I really like that. What so, are they a goddess of? I like the idea of a goddess of children. Yeah, is that mm, goddesses are always to do with children though? No, but this goddess is a child. Oh, 
like a, I suppose, a yeah, running around causing all sorts of mischief. That's true. Yeah, a tricks. Oh yeah. Okay. 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 She's one of them. Yeah. The idea. It's, <laughs> I should maybe it's less a goddess of children, but a goddess for children. Yeah. Yeah. Kids never get anything. And it, you know, it could be the all those things that kids want to have, like the independence or the yes, like the power that ki- that kids want to have, and like that coming of age sort of conflict. I mean, this could also be a goddess of the home, right? Where if it's like, mm. I like the idea that children worship or pay tribute to this goddess, but also parents have the understanding that this goddess will protect their children and thus their home. I mean, arguably, hearth gods and goddesses are some of the most powerful ones in mythology like hestia there's no myths about her because everyone was too scared to piss her off (laughs) so that is a really powerful position to hold i love that here's where i'm gonna use the word urchin is she urchin-esque i was thinking kind of a gavroche figure so yeah Yeah, or like a kind of sort of woods child element maybe too (laughs) gavroche (laughs) we're little people now um do you say of the woods yeah, like, I don't know if there's, like, leaves in her hair, like, this very sort of free-spirited scamp. Robin Hood style. Robin Hood style. Yeah, because that, that's, I, I mean, the whole Robin Hood figure cares about the, the people who are... And, like, wouldn't that, wouldn't that be very much like children to, like, worship, like, this kind of cool... Or, like, even, like, a Peter Pan-ish sort of figure? Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, we're venturing into Peter Pan territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I like that. Mm-hmm. I think maybe something else distinctive about her appearance, like... I was trying to think of like what would be cool to a child. Does she have like a cool pet? Ooh, something to counteract the sort of i the the concept of like children being weak. Something like really powerful that's like yeah, don't mess. Dragons, where yeah, where I immediately go to. But like even like I don't know, like an ogre. What if it's just a really big like house cat type thing? <gasps> Like a giant Maine Coon. Yeah. Yeah, like kind of like a wild cat, like a cat that would normally be smaller, but is Hold big. On. What did you just say? Giant Maine Coon. What is that? It's a cat. You've never seen a Maine Coon? No. I thought you said a giant raccoon, and that <laughs> got me very excited. Ooh. But a giant house cat's very good, too. This is a Maine Coon. What? I don't think of cats as having breeds. Oh, well, they do. <laughs> like, look it's just cat. Jesus Christ. That's that's a big cat. Yeah, big fuzzy cat. That does she ride it? Like, does it fly or something? A giant flying cat, or does it just run around? <laughs> I think it just runs around. Okay, that's fine. This is sort of Totoro too, which I think is cool. This is very Totoro. Okay, trickster child goddess, independence, home, Gavroche-ish figure who rides around on a big cat. Put up in it. Fantastic. Cool. I rolled an eight. Kron, god of knowledge, pre-cataclysm. And patron of scribes. That comes to us from Gabe on Twitter. Thank you, Gabe, on Twitter. What do we think of this? Knowledge, I feel like, is definitely an area we haven't really covered by any of our old gods yet. I think it's pretty important. We could also maybe mash this up with a suggestion from FTLog underscore I am Dave. That's Nador, god of divination, who in this suggestion is a very large black owl with eyes like spotlights because i think divination could be included in knowledge yeah perhaps this is just a god of magic yeah maybe like wizards are often associated with knowledge right totally intelligent so to round out our table the one last one that we haven't covered is another one from owen spalding who said the hiding god a god of knowledge of sorts but specifically hidden knowledge perhaps so i don't know if there's an element of that to this god as well 
This could be like a god of secrets too. Yeah. Um, and it looks like a giant owl. Maybe that's one form. Maybe this god has two forms, one of which is an owl with very bright lights. Sure. I like that. Right. Sort of like when he's going into like the meditative state. Ooh, yeah. Mm. Here's how about this? Corianne and I were just talking about Sailor Moon right before this podcast started. Mm-hmm. There's the I I should have looked up their name, the Starlight something, the sailors, the Starlight Sailors or something like that. Anyway, they're men in like their normal day to day life. But when they do their magical girl transformation, then they become girls. Maybe it's a Ooh. an owl girl, but it's a reg- regularly a god in his regular form. It's a female owl. It's a female owl. He turns into a female owl, but he is a god normally. Okay. I was going to say, have either of you guys seen Ladyhawk? No. No, I'd really like to, actually. I heard about it the other day. Great movie. I mean, I saw it a long time ago, so I don't take that as a definite recommendation. Is that the sequel to Lady Um, Bird? No. But, like, in that one, when... I can't remember which one's which, but when when it's daytime, one of them turns into a wolf, and when it's nighttime, the other one turns into an owl or a hawk. So they're never, like human at the same time mm. and i just i'm wondering like if there's any of that aspect with this changing forms like if you know this god turns into the female owl like when the moon comes up or something like that and that's like the time to go out and discover what's hidden Ooh, i like um, that hmm. that's very hugan and munin too like these birds going out to like seek knowledge too mm-hmm. yeah or do, or do we think that this is a god and an owl and they're both like that it's a two-faceted god where it's this female owl goddess and this male god, like they're kind of two in one. And maybe there's the idea of un- of secret knowledge and revealed knowledge. Like a connectivity there where they, like it's not a communication, more as like a, a connection in communication. Yeah, I don't know. Is this, are we getting in the weeds here? Like I like the idea maybe that the sort of human looking god doesn't speak as the owl that speaks always sort of from his shoulder or something. Like she's his mouthpiece? Well, no. I mean, they're both... I think they share one consciousness. hmm <laughs> It's just you think it's a separate owl, but you try to remove it from his shoulder and she's actually like part of his body. <laughs> I hope no one's going around grabbing this god by the owl legs the and owl. trying to wrench it off of him. Do we like this? Is this too weird? Is it just a god that turns into an owl? I'm going to vote for God that turns into female owl and he does a magical girl transformation as he does it. Okay, sure. So then I think think this God should have two names, one for the female owl form. The full name would be both names, but yeah. Oh, could it be like, so Kron could be his Mm. God of knowledge name and then backwards it could be Nark. (laughs) Nark. FT log, I am Dave suggested Nador as the name for the owl god so maybe it's it's kron kron nador so which one is the god i like the idea of one being for hidden knowledge and one being for mm-hmm. a revealed knowledge well I, I like your idea of like kron doesn't speak perhaps so like maybe that's hidden knowledge and then um sharing knowledge could be nador the owl the owl who does speak mm. it's, it's very disconcerting <laughs> so what does kron look like then in his his human form he looks like Milo J. Thatch from Atlantis. <laughs> I like the idea of big eyes like an owl. So mm-hmm. sort of like how Milo has big glasses, but not. I like the idea of a robe, maybe like a sort of a scribes or a monk's type robe. Mm-hmm. Monk robe. With a hood, probably. Hood. Yeah, like super unassuming. Maybe he looks kind of bird-like like when he's a human. 
Does he wear like a feathered robe? Yeah, that'd be cool. What if his mouth is covered in some way because he doesn't talk? Like, isn't it a little bit more disconcerting if like he just doesn't speak? Yeah. So you don't actually know, like, why is this person not speaking? Yeah, it's <laughs> hidden knowledge, not inaccessible knowledge, right? Yeah, that's true. So he's choosing to just keep quiet. Yeah. Hmm. God, what a frustrating God. Especially considering this is the God that knows things. That knows everything. He's yeah. Like, I know everything. He's like, <laughs> you gotta wait for him to turn into an owl and then you gotta <laughs> No, I like I like that. I like that yeah. stories about a god really wanting to know something and like going up to Kron and being like, tell me this, like, and Kron just stays silent. The other gods are like, you got to wait until he becomes Nador, like at this phase of the moon or whatever. But the person's like, I need to know now. <laughs> I love that where God's like, hey, Kron, have you seen my keys? And they have to wait until night. <laughs> From to turn into an owl to be like, yeah, they're in the coffee table. Is it at night or is it the, is it like phases of the moon or something? It would be interesting if like only turns into the owl, like on a certain phase. So it's like hidden knowledge for real. Like you don't yeah. get that knowledge unless you oh, really work for that's it. True. I like that. Especially I think the association of, of him with the moon makes sense. So maybe, maybe it's like a full moon or something or no, if it's always full moon, it should be a new moon. Ooh, yes, because the eyes like spotlights are like the light mm-hmm. in the night. Oh, yeah. All right. We have eight minutes left. We have five gods left to come up with. Let's quickly decide, like, what gods do we still need? Okay. Because like a sun god and a moon god, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't Kron the god of the moon? Is he? I thought I was sort of hinting at that. <gasps> that works. Does can he have a polar opposite that's a bird all the time, but it turns into a human woman? Yes, Lady Hawk. <laughs> yes, Lady Hawk. No, I think Lady that's Hawk. cool. Because they're probably twins. Yeah. Sun goddess, Lady Hawk. Sun deities tend to be... Masculine. Masculine, whereas moon deities tend to be feminine. Mm-hmm. That's right. Okay, what else is covered by Lady Hawk? <laughs> probably fire <laughs> and light. Positivity. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I wanted to be positive. Well, okay. like the if, if we're going with like knowledge stuff, I mean, the sun is just like it just shows everything, even the stuff you don't <gasps> want to be known. So it like reveals, reveals. Oh, revelations. Is there, like, is there a judgment yeah. aspect to? Yes, Lady Hawk. I think that's called justice. Yeah, you're gonna get burnt. You burnt. Looks like Judge Judy. You burnt. <laughs> Judge Judy's famous catchphrase. <laughs> <laughs> you burnt. Uh, fertility kind of birth. I feel like could also be Lady Hawk. It's like the love lady sun Hawk. rising. I know. I wish we could call her Lady Hawk. Lady yeah, Hawk. I think that's copyright. <laughs> I mean, it could be like Lady Hawk spelled H-O-K. <laughs> her name is Sheagle. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have time for this. Well, how about a food deity? We don't have a craftsperson god or goddess either. So maybe that's food. Crafts? Like cooking. Yeah. We'll say crafts deity. Any other essential gods or goddesses that we need? Well, you guys haven't talked about whether or not there's like an afterlife space. Like we've got Nurgle, who's the god of like the unclean and decay. But do we have like an official death deity? No. Yeah. Do we want one? Mm. Afterlife god? I think it could be cool if different societies and peoples had different views of what the afterlife was and that went with different gods. That's kind of what the Norse do, in a way. What would best be the best use of our time right now? I think names. Let's do some names. Well, let's figure out the Lady Hawk. And Lady name. Hawk, yeah. Let's yeah. figure out Lady Hawk's name because it has to somehow work with Kron Nador, right? Yeah, that's right. The two-sidedness. I like it if her title is Lady. Yeah, I just too, like, like the Lady title something. Of lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
How about Fina? Fina. Like Phoenix? I like Ooh. that. Uh, we have five seconds left. Well, I want the war god named the sexy orc named Cliff. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's wrap this up. Cliff, let's edit that. I think there's I like the place we were starting from. With a K. We've already got K names. We got Cron. We can't have Cron and Cliff. Yeah, you're right. Let's call him Jack. Jack could be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, I yeah. It's, I think it's become very clear that we can't come up with names on air. That we have to bring names. Yeah. Agreed. And then choose from a list. Uh, right, doing an episode. Yes. Well, we did our best. <laughs> and <laughs> we honestly did decent. Obviously, names was a bit of a tall order. But we have pretty well fleshed out gods and goddesses. Mm-hmm. We have 10 total, right? Yeah. That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. We could cheat and just for the last three, it could be like a triumvirate goddess, like the Morrigan. Yeah. Genuinely, what what areas do we feel like have not been covered that should be? I don't feel like we, yeah, I don't feel like we do have a god or goddess that can dissolve into a swarm of crows, which is what the Morrigan does. That's why I said that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we've got one that turns into a big owl. I feel like that's different. It's different. You can handle one big owl. Can you handle a swarm of crows? I don't me. Can I handle? Can you fight a swarm of crows? (laughs) No. Well, do I have to? Is that what's being asked of me? <laughs> no. I think it's if not. push comes to shove, you could. <laughs> yeah. If you really had to. Are, am I saying I kill all the crows or I just survive? That's, I think that's a moral decision that you have to make. That's going to do it for us today. <laughs> yeah, well, let's call it. Woof. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Corey. Thanks for having me. This was really fun. Yeah, I'm glad you had fun again. We'll see. We'll keep inviting you back until you don't and then you can... <laughs> I'm always here. (laughs) Till we have all these names hammered out. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so that's about going to do it for us here on This Realm is Your Realm. If you want to help us create this world, please follow us on Twitter at ThisRealmPod or check out our subreddit. That's our This Realm is Your Realm. There's going to be a pinned tweet there or a pinned topic with the episode subjects, topics that we're currently collecting ideas for. And so you can tweet those at us. You can DM those to us. You can reply to those threads on Reddit. If you like the show so far, please rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this. You can also tweet about the show with the hashtag ThisRealmPod or just tell a friend about it. That'd be really great. Uh, Thanks so much for joining us. And remember, it takes takes all sheagles to to make make a world world. bad. (laughs) (laughs) 